0: What's up, mamas? It's Tanika Ray. I was a television host for 20 years before my entire life blew up when I had a baby. Shifting gears from red carpets to a gig called Mom required a whole new game plan. The carefree, globetrotting boss babe, me, was suddenly in search of a mommy tribe to help me navigate the inevitable fumbles and fails of raising a kid. Mama's Day with Tanika Ray is a sanctuary for the Mommy Collective, where we amplify our self-love and self-care, trade tips on raising conscious kids, help each other fine-tune our boundaries, and celebrate the highs while forgiving ourselves for the lows in the wild, 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 wild world of mommying AF. Hello, Mamacitas. It is, oh my gosh, we are almost at the end of September. So many things have gone on. I feel like we are all moving a billion miles an hour, but are also really craving everything to slow down so we can assess, right? I'm going to speak personally because for me, I have, I've lost a lot of people, not in my immediate family, thank God. Like, I'm very grateful for that. But one degree away. Or people who are suffering right now. And it just really makes you look at your life like, not only, what have I done? <laughs> not that forever question. Or, uh, what am I doing now? What am I supposed to be doing? Where's the purpose? And from time to time, I go through this. Uh, sometimes you don't know the answers. Sometimes you're just literally flying blind. But there's something to be said for flying blind. The most important thing is that you're moving. You're still moving. Even though every single day you're like, I don't know if this is for any particular reason. I don't know if this is even going to matter. But this is what I feel like I need to do today. That's what I'm figuring out is gold. That's gold. That is the whisper from the universe. That is when you have clarity is when you know so deeply in your gut, I'm going to go whatever it is. I got to go get my nails done today. (laughs) No, that's a bad example because we all love to get our nails done. But something like I need to create a new design for my company, do it. Or I need to apply for this job. I don't know. I mean, in the meantime, let me apply for this job. What if that job is the way to your destiny? sometimes we have to get out of our own way and let the flow take over. So I'm very grateful for all of my beautiful life experiences. The good, the frustrating, the ugly, the beautiful, the sexy, the everything of it all. I'm grateful. This week I wanted to bring, well, You know, every week, y'all. I don't know why I keep saying this week. Again, I am bringing a dynamic mama to the table. She's somebody that I've known off red carpets for over a decade, decades ago with Alicia Keys. It may have been the MTV Movie Awards. Alicia was gorgeous and stunning. And Ashunta Sharif Kendricks at the time was only Ashunta Sharif was her glam queen. And then from there, I would see her on the red carpet all the time with Taraji P. Henson. And then for the, from there, she was at every single event with Taraji. I honor this woman because not only was she killing the game, she was also married to the love of her life. And she has children that she has raised on this incredible, busy path. Please welcome Ashanta Sharif. Kendricks. You're in your trailer on some big time secret movie. Yes, the best man final chapters,
1: Peacock NBC series, starring the original eight from the best man. So Sana, Mika, Melissa, Regina, Morris, Tay, Terrence, and Harold, our
0: original eight. I love this project so much. Let me tell you about The Best Man. It's an iconic film that we love for a film, especially featuring all black, an all black cast to come back time and time again with decades in between the releases is, has never been done before. What does it feel like to be on that set with that crew?
1: It is beyond amazing. And I'm not trying to age anyone because I'm up in age as well. But, you know, I did grow up seeing the best man, the original best man. I remember in high school and going to see it with my friends, you know, and who knew all these years later, 20 plus years later, I'd be department heading it, you know, so best man holiday. I remember seeing that with friends and family in my 30s, really excited for I feel like we've all kind of grown up with them and alongside of them. So it's just really an honor. And like I told, you know, all of my eight cast members, we are so honored to work with you guys. You guys are legends. They have paved the way for Black cinema, for actors. Time period, we really got to give all eight of them a lot of credit. And they've crossed all genres, you know, in their careers from television to film. We got Matrix, we got Empire, you know, you got Boys in the Hood, you got all this cinema history with all eight of these people. And, you know, it's just really an honor to be leading their makeup department.
0: I know. And I got to tell you, when they did the holiday one, I think we thought that was the end, right? I said, we did think it was the end. We did. So that's why I'm even more excited because it's the gift that keeps on giving, especially as a black cinephile. Like I want to see my reflection. I want to see a variety of relationships, not just in the hood, or complicated, or only has a mama. I want to see a variety of the relationships <laughs> and how they work through it. So we're really excited. When is it going to be released?
1: So Looking at like, a, I would say a early winter, late fall, somewhere near Thanksgiving is what I've been told. Love it. It's an eight parts. So this one is actually the gift that keeps giving because those were films. After 90 minutes to two hours, we're done with story. But this, we get an eight-part series, you know, to really do a deeper dive into each character, into their lives, into what they've done, what they've become. Fifteen years later, since Best Man Holiday, what have they been up to? And in terms of the storyline, nothing misses a beat. You guys are going to love it. It is amazing.
0: Let me break down how we first met, because... This is the podcast Mama Stay with Tanika Ray, where we talk with all moms across the landscape of mommying, who are kicking butt, who are not only balancing their life at home with their kids and their hubbies, but also killing it in the business world, which obviously you are quintessential, Mama Stay. I met you in the streets of New York City with Miss Alicia Keys, my birthday twin. You made her gorgeous. And then along the way, as I was working through the entertainment industry, you have painted some of the most iconic divas. Can you give us some of the women outside of Alicia? And now you do Taraji on such an epic level. Who are some of the divas you would like to give a little shout out to?
1: Oh, my gosh. I've gotten to work with so many amazing people. I've worked with Ciara. I've worked with Rihanna. I've worked with Sharon Stone. I've worked with Marissa Tomei. Now I can add. I have worked with Sanaa before this, before this film. Now I can say I've had me me along to it. You know, I got to paint Regine one day. You know, just so many women. I've gotten to work with a real huge array of women since I've been in, in this industry now 26 years. Lala Anthony, I was her first makeup artist ever when I was at MTV. It's been a situation where people like Taraji and Alicia, Even Rihanna for some time, you know, they've all kind of locked me down a little bit, specifically Alicia and Taraji. They really locked me down for good amounts of time. And then, you know, like all things in life, it's seasonal. So when that season comes where you know you need to like start spreading your wings or doing other things or fulfilling your life dreams, then the universe will make some turns. So that's where I'm at now. Like I'm no longer with T on a, I call Taraji T. I'm no longer with her like on a day-to-day basis anymore. And that was so hard because we're like sisters. We've been through so much together and I love her dearly, but I had to spread my wings. It was just time to really get myself out there. And if anything, I can tell makeup artists, because, you know, people ask me this question all the time, like, do you feel fearful of moving away from your bread and butter? You can't move and operate in fear. You can't. You two have a dream. They're part of the dream. You know, Every person I mentioned is a part of Ashunta's actualization or manifestation of the dream happening, but they are not. And I don't mean this in any disrespect. They're not the pentacle or the end all be all of the dream that the universe has for me. You have to not move in fear. And you have to be ready to make those moves when it's time, because otherwise you kind of miss. That's when you go like, I shoulda, coulda, woulda. No, don't shoulda, coulda, woulda. Walk by faith and not by sight, because when we do not operate in a faith-based system in the sense of that we know that the universe got us, then we're saying that we don't have any belief in anything greater. You know what I mean? So if God is perfect, universe is perfect, you will be perfectly taken care of. And you have to walk like that. So... That's
0: one of my tips for life. One thousand percent, and I think people get really scared to have. They want to have faith when harvest time is here, but then when it's yeah. when it's when it's scarce, they're like, "But well, where? Well, I don't know what to do now." <laughs> Sis, chill, because what life is going to be about is the ebbs and flows. There's no way around the ebbs and flows. Nobody gets just flow in life. It is not possible. That is what life is about: is the roller coaster. And if you can hold yourself with grace on the downs and still love yourself and still know that you're enough, then God will will absolutely gift you, will absolutely bless you when it's time for harvest. And I know that's absolutely. 100% true. It's 100% true. We just can't operate out of
1: fear because there's so much that we block for ourselves when we're scared. And I, I always tell people, if it scares you, it's good. It's good. That means that it's a big change. It's something shifting and it needs to happen. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I just have gotten into a space that as I get closer to 50, because I'm getting close, (laughs) just really walking in wisdom and really sitting still like that. When you just said that stillness, that stillness is everything. And when I feel like, okay, the universe is telling me something, I really pay attention and Mm -hmm. I move. I
0: move accordingly, a hundred percent. Well, let's be really honest. When the universe says something to you, you always have to listen. For people who do not trust that inner voice, please spend the time and the energy to strengthen it. It is like a muscle. If you don't listen to the little whispers, then God's not going to get, he's not going to gift you with the big stuff. And it has to be listened to all the time. I'm not religious. I'm a spiritual person that has been in my spiritual practice for over 20 years. And that is what I know to be true. Anytime that whisper, and you've got to be able to identify God's whispers over your fear or society or what the news, you have to be able to discern what is God and listen to it every single time. If God says, turn left and you got to go to the right, bitch, turn left. Okay. Turn left, okay? Period. Like my
1: late grandmother used to tell me, big mama, you know, the devil tells you things too. And sometimes we, if we don't have discernment and I'm not a religious person either, I'm totally a spiritual person. If we are not in our discernment and in that, in that bag, really truly in that bag of awareness, the wrong thing will constantly keep coming. You will be a gerbil on a hamster wheel and you will just keep experiencing the same cycle. It'll be just the same Experience, but different people. It'll be yep. literally that same cycle. And it's up to you to be like, wait a minute, this looks really familiar. Oh, you're John from the past. Oh, you're Mary from that. I need to get off this train. Yes. Once you can get into that discernment, that shit, excuse my language, is like the Matrix when Neo is like dodging the bullets in slow motion because, yep, you will see it. You will be seeing that, all of it coming. And you'll be able to literally bypass it. And that's when you graduate. And then the Denzel said, you know, new levels, new devils. It just gets higher and higher. It never ends. People need to stop thinking like, I will get to some place of a bit of bliss and peace. No, no, <laughs> it does not work like that.
0: The bliss, the you bliss. own the bliss and you have to access yeah. your own
1: bliss. It's not out there, it's yeah. right here. In Buddhism, they say nirvana is within you. People who have to stop externally looking for this peace, peace of mind, this happiness, this joy, this love. We as human beings have really gotten into a place where we are almost like, same like fast food culture. We want love. We want this to be given to us. We want no, you have to love self. You have to fill your cup fully up to the top brim. To me, I always say overflow it. It's not even filling it up. It needs to be overflowed of love, self-love, overflowed of self-confidence. Over And I, I don't, I'm tired of people feeling like, self-confidence is equivalent to being arrogant and haughty. No, you got to feel yourself too. Got to. You got to be your own cheerleader uh-huh. um, because no one else for you and ride for you and fight for you the way you will. So yeah, you must get that cup fully running over and overflowing. And that's when you'll start seeing yourself pulling like a magnet, all these different big things, that big love, that big marriage or that big career move. And, That's a big thing I hear a lot because people see my relationship with my husband and they're like, oh, my gosh, I've never seen you this happy. I said, you've never seen me this happy because I've never been this happy with self. So what you're seeing is my happiness in me reflecting outward and he's equally as happy with himself. And we just found each other and it was never supposed to happen. I was never going to be in a marriage or a relationship again, Tanika. I promise (laughs) I was never going to be in
0: one. Well, I remember seeing you along the way and I saw different men that you were dating. And then obviously we don't talk every day. I don't know the inner workings of how, why those didn't happen, but I do see you with your Mm -hmm. husband now. And I'm like, that's the goal. We all want to, they tell us in this society, I need a man to make me whole. That is a trap, sis. Nobody's going to make you whole. You need to be whole to come into a relationship with another whole person. And then you're making a magical relationship or a magical pairing. And I just love that you are so effortlessly, it looks from the outside that you guys just fell into this space and you're just meant for each other. Yeah, that's really simple
1: as that. And, We go through our ups and downs. We still have growing pains, you know, because I do believe like when you do meet that soulmate, quote unquote person, and what is a soulmate? I feel like we're just two like souls that are at the same place spiritually, where that's a soulmate, that you both are spiritually in the same place. You both also are on the same type of wavelength of what you want in life. And so we are evenly yoked in that way. We both have similar belief systems, but that doesn't mean it makes it easy because we have age difference. We have different cultural backgrounds, you know, that he was raised in the Midwest and I was raised in the East Coast. And I'm tougher, you know, tough female. He's young, but has old fashioned values like a grandpa. You know, that that doesn't work for me sometimes. You know, like I'm like, oh, babe, you got to you young, but you act like you are 70 years old, you know, <laughs> so. We, a a youthful spirit where he's got a grandpa spirit, those are little things, nuances that every relationship will have to work on. And the best advice I have for women or men looking for partners, because I do believe that in life, you need to have a partner at some point in life. I don't believe the universe made man and woman or anybody to not have someone to spend their life with. Whatever that may be, if it's a woman, if it's transgender, whatever, another soul, you know, that you're supposed to have some level of connection with. And I do believe sometimes we get it in a period, but we may not have it throughout our entire lifetime. You know, I do believe that as well. So this is my season to experience that because I'm coming out of a, being a divorced woman that you met my my ex-husband and then my last boyfriend who I was with, which are the men you mentioned. And this connection that I have with my current husband, I did not have. I just didn't have this type of friendship, this type of soul connection, and also the willingness to want to work. Both of us have that. You got to be with a partner who's like, your shit is fucked up. Okay, yours is too. So what are we going to do about it? A lot of times when it gets too tough, we just like, okay, fuck it, I'm out. (laughs) But if you have a partner like, no, I, I really love you down to your dirty socks. What are we gonna do? What is our solution? Because I wanna be in this. Then you know you have a keeper, because that's really what what it is. Just as you're working on yourself, your relationship has to have that same mechanism of work. So that's what you see. You just see two whole beings who really love each other, but love themselves and know we're worthy of it because we come from abusive pasts. We come from people not appreciating. We come from the cheating exes. We come from all of that, both of us. And we both are parents. For us, it was like, we want to show our kids that Black love does exist because a lot of kids don't see it, you know, in their day-to-day life. They see it in film. And the beautiful thing is I have so many different examples of Black love around me and and in same-sex marriage and not same-sex marriage or whatever And I know it exists and I know it's there, but so many of my female friends and particularly in my, my husband's male friends are single. And I was, I was talking to him. I was like, why are so many of our friends single? And he was like two things. He said, it was deep. He said, they don't feel they're worthy. Mm. He said uh, enough, but then they don't feel others are worthy. So it's like a twofold thing. So you don't feel worthy in yourself, but then the person that's, that you're trying to date or people you're trying to date, they're not worthy, they're not good enough. So how are you going to find that person if you don't feel worthy and everyone around you is not worthy? It's not going to happen. Can I identify that self-love and knowing that we're enough? You actually have a different lens when you're looking at people. You actually start to almost see, oh, you know what? Your cup's not so full. I'm not even going to try it with you. Yeah, you may look good on
0: paper. <laughs> <laughs> you're you may may on paper is a trap too, girl. That's gotten me a couple times, yeah good on paper, <laughs> yeah, good on
1: paper will set your ass up, don't don't ever like I always tell my friends I said, you know what a working class man is nothing wrong with a working class man it, I said then they're like, but he's not making the same money I'm making and he's not world travel like I am well educate him, there's nothing wrong with that, elevate him I, I'm tired of elevating guys I'm tired, okay, but You know what it's like when you got that man that's on paper, that's doing everything that you want him to be doing on paper. He's not doing it in real life.
0: You're just wise and you just carry that with you. And I always know if I really, if I was in a bind, I could call you and I know you would have good advice because you've lived and you've learned through your mistakes and you're not someone who's blind to like, what is real? What's the reality of the situation? And I think in this time, 2022, there's a lot of us that are still blind. We're looking at the news. Well, that's telling me my truth. No, it's not. You're looking (laughs) down at somebody else's life going, oh, that's what I want. We got to start defining our own happiness for ourselves. And I'm always really shocked by how you navigate through the world only because you have children. You being on sets is all the time and it is, you are not allowed to be in charge of your own schedule. Being Taraji's go-to makeup person when Taraji's on empire and going to the Emmys and the honey, there's no time for children in between glamming up the dolls. So how, when it comes to balance, how are you doing it? Because you've had to reschedule our one hour podcast a couple of times because you're busy. How do you be the, the mother of your children and the mother of your home from so far away?
1: I would say that it's all support system. I've been blessed to have an amazing mom who has really been my rock. She has co-parented with me. Even when I was married, my mom was my co-parent. She really, really was. Nami was on my hip at every job. every That's why everyone knows her. Every artist I've worked with knows her. She was in the room you know, like with everybody, she would be helping the stylist set up and Kanye was talking to her, you know, like she was that little girl. So she had to really grow up in this industry way, way more intensely than my son Jordan did. When Jordan came, he was 10 years younger. By that time, my mom was more retired. So she really took over and really helped me in my traveling and really making sure that Jordan was more stable, even to the point that when Empire came my way and I left New York for two reasons. I would say three reasons. First reason, abusive relationship, had to get out of that, had to to exit because it got to a place, an elevation of death threats. And this is true story. So for me, it was like, it's not safe for me. My sister Taraji knew I wasn't safe, offered me a haven of coming to be with her. And then also to our industry was changing. We were moving from a space of seasoned professionals were working portfolios and websites too. we're hiring social media makeup artists. And so that was a big transition that our industry had to kind of adjust and roll with and jobs were being taken from people like myself and being placed into the social media artists. And uh, we've moved past it. Uh, There's no bitterness. I'm happy because they actually have taught me how to become social on social media how to manage my business, how to promote myself. So I took a, I took a negative and made it a positive. Yeah. And then number three is my kids have just, I'm b- brutally honest with them. Like, you have what you have because I do what I do. If Woo! you want this, this is why I do this. My daughter is a, is in costuming. She worked on The Equalizer. She worked on Empire. And now she's with us on The Best Man. She's done other projects, music videos. I've walked her right in. Yes, I have, because mm-hmm. I can because this is what we work hard for. We work hard to be nepotistic so that we can make it easier for our children and the next generation so that they're walking in Hollywood's doors if that's what you choose to be in or the medical profession or legal, whatever your world is. My daughter showed interest. I supported it 100%. Yes. My son is showing and wanting to be a musical producer. His stepdad is an artist. He's a published artist, a licensed artist who does this stuff all the time on top of acting he takes them in the studio with him. So, and now our kids are teenagers. We don't have many who are younger. My my husband has a couple of smaller children, but they're, you know, nine and seven. But even with them, it's just brutal honesty. You have to be brutal honest with your kids. The reason why is when you have a parent who makes all these promises, like mommy's going to be home, I promise tomorrow. Mommy's going to get off, I promise. All that false promising, no matter how much your intentions are, it stays with your child that you become, you become a liar. That's what I tell people. It doesn't matter. The intention is in a good place, but to your child, you're not here. Okay. To your child, mommy says she's going to be home. She's not home. So if I'm brutal, I'll be like, guys, these fuckers got me on <laughs> You know, I am so honest with them. I am still here. I love you. Yeah. And I'll show them where I'm at. And they'll be like, it's okay, mom. But that I've literally groomed children to really have understanding. And now it's like when I'm leaving my son, who's gonna be 15, mom is good, I'm good, he's good. And I'm like, you know, sometimes I'm like, am I? did I do my kids a disservice? I mean, no parent is perfect. But he said to me, you've been always honest, mom. You've been honest, so I can never hold you accountable. It's worse for the other parents. I'm gonna get you this weekend and don't show up. So number one, I feel like for parenting, and, and if you're in our industry, Be brutally honest with your kids. Secondarily is when it's downtime, downtime it is. When I'm not on set, we're playing games. We're playing video games. We're cooking in the kitchen. We do, you see on on my social page that we work out together. They're in the gym with us, teaching them how to do different things, inspiring them. We sit down and we have like family talk circles. We have movie nights. Really make that time their time. Now that they're getting older, they don't want to spend time with me. I'm begging them, like, let's spend time, guys. Let's spend time, you know. And they're like, oh, I'm talking to my friends. Or I'm playing a video game, you know, because now they're teens. But that's the second thing I would say is quality time. When it's ta- downtime, put that phone down. Because even us as grown women, we still get on social and scroll like crazy. I call it the magazine of life. Because I'm just mad. Yes. Everyone has an amazing magazine. Yes. And I'm just- I'm just locked in the magazine. And I was that girl when I was little. I would buy all the publications and be locked in. So I'm a perfect candidate for social media, but you have to just really tune it out. You have to tune it out and focus on them. And then the last thing I would say, just really, you know, a lot of loves and hugs, a lot of love and hug with my kids, a lot of telling them my truth, my life experiences, my mistakes, not really kind of sugarcoating anything. I tell my kids, when I was in my 20s, I did drugs. I was out there. (laughs) You know, I was a wild kid. You know, like I tell them, I partied a lot. I did this. So I think that that has opened up a really beautiful exchange for like my grown daughter to come to me and tell me, mom, I'm having this experience or this happened to me. That brutal honesty has really opened up this portal between myself and my kids to have real honest conversations. And also, Four, apologizing. Parents feel like sometimes, because I'm the parent, it is what it is. We know as adults who've been through trauma, even with our amazing parents, as amazing as they are, because what our parents did the best that they could with, what they, with the resources that they had. My mom came from Mississippi. She was born in 1949, not to put it out there. She picked cotton. She had a whole different ex- life experience than I had. You two, Tanika, seem like you've always had it together. You know what I mean? But people don't know like how much work how much self reflection, how much stilling your mind, quieting yourself to really get down to those deep things of like, you know, I've I got to do something with me to get me in a better place.
0: Let me tell you something. <laughs> Thank you it's for okay. saying that. I think from a lot of people's perspective, it seems like I've got it all together, but I'm a very, because I'm Aquarius and I'm very in my head, I overthink everything. And I can torture myself just by my own overthinking. The world is just like, what's going on? And I can be stewing in some shit that I'm marinating on (laughs) eight weeks ago. Like, why does it matter? But I love so much of what you said, because I actually was just on Red Table Talk talking about the fact that my parents never said they loved me. Wow. They didn't? Never. Never. Wow. And how my little Tanika was miserable growing up and how my emotional intelligence was on me to make stronger and to work through because my parents were not available. They were professional. They were out of civil rights. My dad was an attorney. My mom was a teacher. They were slaying other dragons. They weren't thinking, oh, we need to make sure our kids feel seen and loved. So I've done a lot of work. I've done a lot of reading my spiritual practice first, and then only parenting from that filter. Because once you know a Dr. Shafali and a Deepak Chopra and an Oprah, thank God, we're growing up in a time where we can see what's really important. And yes, our parents mm-hmm. did the best that they can do. But now that we're here and we've got the resources, it's time for all of us to level up, right? And I love what you said about apologies. And I know this to the core. When I had my daughter, she came out perfect and whole. She's God's child. And I have been tasked, I have been blessed enough to keep her safe and to, to carry her through this life and nurture her. But she's her own person. And so when I fuck up, I'm so sorry. I was impatient. I didn't give you a chance to speak. Life is moving. And I, you know, I apologize. And I give my daughter agency over her own thoughts and the ability to speak her truth. And so she'll never be able to say, my mom didn't love me. My mom didn't listen. None of that. We either parent the way our parents parent or we find a new way. And it seems like even though you worshiped your mom and you loved her so much, you still found a new way to parent your kids based on your career, which by the way, I know you're saying, Look, look, babes, If you want these things, I have to work, but it shouldn't <laughs> you love what you do. It is who you are. Yeah, I would
1: absolutely have to agree. I'm still passionate, and that's really the key. Like I can't really approach anything when the passion is gone. I can't do it. I' still am passionate about makeup. I'm still passionate about the storytelling. I'm now moving into a space of producing being in TV and film is a big learning curve for when you want to become a producer, you know, like you get to see all the moving parts so that you can learn how to make your train get off the ground when it's time. So it's just so much. I just see life so much as a university, you know what I mean? It's so much schooling and there was a time I would definitely say like empire around season four, I was ready to be like, I don't want to do makeup anymore. It had nothing to do really with any of my clients, but everything to do with how intense our work schedule was. You know, we're working 18, 19, 20 hours a day. We're driving in from locations. People were having car accidents. We definitely, I don't care what anyone says. We were at the top of the unions list for the mo-
0: like the deadliest shows, you know. People don't understand <laughs> like, how exhausting these shows are. They don't get it. And obviously, I really relate to that story because in entertainment reporting, whether I was the correspondent or the host, as I was in 2017 to 2019, there is no schedule for entertainment. I worked all day, every day, every day of the week. There was no weekends. There's no concept of rejuvenation, sleep. I need to see people that love me. Like, there's no thought of it. It's just, we need you when we need you and we shooting through because we got to get this show done. But at some point you can
1: really get sick. And I'm not even joking. Like you can get deadly sick. I've seen so many of my peers have cancer, have heart attacks, have strokes, not make it to 60. Mm -hmm. Hair and makeup people, literally. So in that, I saw the pandemic as, you know what, this is God's reset for this planet, for humanity, for us to get it together, for us to understand that, work smarter, not harder. Really that whole concept needs to be yes. embodied. Mental health needs to be very much incorporated into the workplace and how we deal with people, how we talk to people. The whole nonsense of the actor who just can act all crazy and be all nuts and talk to people. We're not that's not we're not in that era no more. Sorry. It doesn't exist. We have to realize entertainment is not all red carpet and Louis Vuitton and private jets. It's a lot of hard work. Yes, we can get on some private jets. We can purchase some Louis Vuitton with all the damn hours we work. But what does it matter if your mental health is shit and if your physical health is even more shit? (laughs) Okay, so
0: I mean, spot on. That's a whole t-shirt in itself, I have to say. (laughs) And that's what people don't understand. It's like a lot of industries require you to work your ass off. But at the same time, you don't have to pump it up, look fierce and do a red carpet either. Like we've got extra things we got to do at the same time. So I love that you said that.
1: The crazy part is, is people think even for hair and makeup, oh, we could just show up. We can't just show up any kind of way. We have to look decent. You can't be in any person's face and look crazy. They're going to look at you like the first thing they're going to say is her hair is a mess her face is a mess. I don't want her touching me, but well, she looks dirty. So our presence matters too. And then I remember when I worked with Alicia, this is a true story. She's like, when I go to like the Grammys or, you know, the Oscars, I want y'all to dress up. I want y'all to pull it up. So now I've got to put on a hill. So now I've got to, <laughs> you know, so now I've got to be pulled up, but I respect that. She said, I look the part. I want y'all all to look fierce, but it, like you said, it's not just, the nurse who is working 18 hours and then she's in a pair of Crocs and scrubs. You know what I mean?
0: They still at least get
1: comfort. They still get to be comfortable.
0: We're not comfy. When I do the BET awards, I'm on that damn red carpet for almost eight hours and then backstage and then no makeup artist. So this is not a woe is me. I just want people to understand that with the glamour comes a lot of fucking work. A lot yep. of work behind the scenes that you do not see and maybe yep. we're built for it because we are so passionate about what we do, but at the same time, there are sacrifices. And so you're talking about the sacrifices from not seeing your kids all the time, but also building them up to be independent. So how do you stay connected to them? So when they're having like performances that you can attend, how do you stay connected? Is your hubby FaceTiming? Like what are those sort of allowances
1: So with my husband, he's on Snowfall. So he's an actor. So the universe has worked it when he's filming or if he's working on a project or he's auditioning, whatever, you know, I'm usually available. So that's been a blessing. We just kind of have worked that schedule out. We get to be together as parents, but when we're separate, it's always a FaceTime situation. FaceTiming, we have a text thread with our kids and both of us. Good morning, good night, all of that. How was your day? We do a lot of texting communication. They know I'm on set, so I can't FaceTime all day. So I'll FaceTime like after school. Hey guys, checking on time to say good night. Now, when my kids were smaller, we didn't have FaceTime. Like when my daughter was little, FaceTime didn't exist. So all she could do was talk to me on the phone. And she couldn't even really text because we had like Blackberries back then and she didn't have one. So she kind of, for me, went through it the toughest. Because when I was on tour with Alicia Keys, I would be traveling. The longest I would ever travel would be three months. And that's a long time. Not seeing my daughter on a world tour. And she would be with my mom. And I would call every day. I'd check on her. You know, and that's all I could do was just the phone. That was it. We, didn't, we couldn't even see each other. And then when the show wrapped and we had like six weeks, eight weeks downtime, she had my full attention. Bulletin. We would go to New Rock City, if anyone knows what that is, in New Rochelle, New York. It's like a big playground for kids with a movie theater. And we would just go on a Tuesday, you know. We would just go to Ride Playland just because. we go to Coney Island just because. we go to Central Park just because. It would be, this was life for us. Oh, you get out of school today, we're going to go ice skating. Because mm-hmm. you have to make it up to your kids. And no I don't care how you slice it. You have to make it up to them. So that's the experience that NAMI got growing up full quality time. Okay. We're going to sit and read all these books. You want
0: to watch this Barbie movie for 14 fucking times. We're going to watch this. shit. They know that when we're present, they got all of us and they will take those morsels and it will be everything to them because those present moments are way more powerful and more impactful than a parent that's there all the time, but that's not connecting. Right. I've
1: seen it, you know, like a, a mom who works a normal job, nine to five job. She gets off work. She's just scrolling on Instagram. You know, she's just sitting on the gram. She's on the phone. I'm a perfect example of that. You know, my mom, like I said, I worshiped the ground she walked on. But that mental checkout is very real. When a black woman is stressed, depressed and going through something, that mental checkout. My mom would just be watching her soap operas. I would just be in the back playing with Barbie dolls, like literally cutting and making material, drawing and just finding my own lane to be in because when I would come to my mom like mommy I would literally have to say mommy 10 times before she would pay attention to me she was there every day literally so that's what I learned is your mom could be in your life every single day Mm -hmm. and not be there meanwhile I'm across the planet in Japan and I'm waking up at 3 a.m in Japan to make sure I'm calling Nami at 3 p.m in New York City 12 hours ahead 12 hours behind I should say So that's the kind of mom I've been for my daughter. Like, you know, I'm literally every time, like everyone would know, oh, you're about to go call Nami. Yeah, I'm about to call Nami before sound check before Alicia's going on. That's always happening. You know, and I'm like, baby, how was your day? I will always spend that time with her. That is the quality time is really, that's the key with our kids. They just want our time and our honesty. That's
0: it. So for instance, I'm in New York City right now. I just needed a little break to see some Broadway shows. And my daughter's like, oh, my mom is dope because she honors herself. I want to reflect to my daughter that no matter what's going on in the world, that she too has the right to honor herself, no matter what it is. And that's her Absolutely. growing up, right? That's her in her teens and her 20s going forward, that she has agency over her thoughts, what she has to say, what she needs, and to ride on that and not to be apologetic about I- it.
1: If you are a mom, your biggest dream is to be a stay-at-home mom and be there to educate your kids. Honestly, it was never my dream to be a stay-at-home mom, to see myself a housewife and raising kids. I've always seen myself as a boss. I called myself the Oprah Winfrey of makeup when I was 27 years old. Yes. That's a very big thing, you know, like to say you're the Oprah Winfrey of makeup. Like, who the fuck do you think you are? But that's who I thought I was. What that means is I'm aspiring to be an entrepreneur. I'm aspiring to be a woman who sets my trailblazing, creates my own path, make my own history, open up doors for other women, make opportunities for other people. Like, that's what I see that as.
0: Like I said, she is dynamic. Thank you guys for hanging out with Ashunta Sharif Kendricks and I. She is just filled with light. She is a paint goddess. She has figured out life in ways that a lot of us haven't yet. I really admire her just making it work without overcomplicating it or over shaming her process, but just doing what she needed to do to make it work. Hey, all of us can use a little unapologetic prioritizing of self passions, and needs. And I think sometimes we forget that we have that option. So kudos to you, Ashunta, you beautiful queen. We can't wait to see the next installation of The Best Man. Remember, it's been 15 years since the last one, which was 20 years past the first one. I'm psyched. I know they're going to look stunning. And especially with the news this week about Nia Long and her jackass uh fiancé. Jeez, you know we're going to be rooting for you, Nia. Much love to you guys. Thank you to my dope-ass team. they really come through in a clutch, y'all, because as scattered as I have been during this Mercury retrograde, as busy as I have been taking care of not one, but two people and a half, her father, so that I can coordinate schedules, I needed a lot of grace this week. So thank you, Ash. Thank you, Z. Thank you, Jenny Media, my producing team. You can always get in touch with me at Mama Stay with at gmail.com. I never get tired of your comments. I never get tired when you stop me in the streets to tell me how much you love it. I never get tired when you shout me out. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Much love to y'all. I hope you navigated the crazy waters of Mercury retrograde <laughs> with panache, with style, with patience, with grace. Much love to y'all. We will talk next week. Mama stay out. Thanks for hanging out, Mama. I know how little time we have in our day to honor ourselves, and I'm just thrilled to be a part of it. Make sure you click like, rate, and subscribe. I'd love to hear what you think about today's show and what you want to hear going forward. Remember, mommying is a gift, and you're doing a kick-ass job. So... Lusa and Mama stay.